0: We have a Good evening, welcome. It is Eric erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404 872 750 one800 WSB Talk. Uh, every day I sit down and outline what I want to talk about on the show, just so I really I have it in my head. Because y- y'all, y'all, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know things can get a little scattered here and there when I'm taking callers and interacting with people online, and it just it helps me focus. And I didn't do that today uh, because I, I just I want to talk to you if you'll allow uh, with what's going on in the country. Because I am, I am really frustrated, aggravated. Uh, try not to be angry with all sides right now in what is going on is there anyone in this country willing to press the 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 valve and release the pressure it really feels like we're in a ratchet right now and and both sides are just tightening it and i think what's going to happen is is democrats and republicans alike it's a bipartisan problem they're going to drive more and more people out of politics and i got to tell you i'm i'm disappointed in the president for those of you who are on the right who just think the man can do no wrong i'm i'm sorry you, you give a speech where you talk about we, we need to condemn white nationalism and what we say online matters and we need to tone things down and and then you start going on twitter tirades it, it really does make you wonder are, are is he really does he really mean it at the same time, you got Democrats out there who are defending, listing uh, regular Joes who gave money to Donald Trump online to to get them harassed and say, oh, it's no big deal. It's public information. Do you know what doxing is? Let, let me tell you all a story and why why I take this personally. Several years ago, uh, my sister was here in, and her husband and kids for Memorial Day weekend. And someone using the Internet... Uh, did a call, was able to route a call to 911 over the internet. And he had my home address. It's publicly available information. You you know, you can find your, you can find anybody's address by going to the local, um, by going to your tax assessor online. Every, Every county tax assessor in Georgia has a website. You can put in someone's real name and you can find their home address. It's publicly available information. And that's what this guy did. And he called nine one one, claimed to be me, said he had murdered his wife, uh, murdered my wife. I, he he was he was claiming to be me, saying I had murdered my wife, and I was going to go across the street and murder the neighbor. He, he 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 did that, and the SWAT team showed up at my house. One police officer pulled into the driveway, another blocked the driveway. They both had their hands on their guns. My son is darting out, excited. Their blue lights flashing in, in the driveway. The SWAT team, unbeknownst to me, you, you, my sister, it's kind of funny. Uh, we lived near a highway, and, and it had gotten very quiet. You could hear traffic, and then you could hear no traffic. You heard sirens, and then nothing. The SWAT team had taken up positions behind our house in the woods. They were ready to gun me down. Someone had done that to me. Thankfully, the police officer, when I went out of the house to see what was going on, took one look at me and said, aren't you on CNN? I was at CNN at the time. And he said, I need to see your wife. I need to see your wife. And I knew immediately what had happened because I'd been covering these issues. And now we've got uh, Joaquin Castro. He's a member of Congress. He is pushing all over social media, the names of donors to president Trump in his congressional district. Some of whom were also his donors. He left out all of the Hispanic donors to Donald Trump in his district, and there were a bunch. He 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 wanted to highlight all the white donors to the president's district and their employers. and And I, there are progressives listening right now saying it's, it's public information. Yeah, that, that's that's how you dock someone. If I go to the tax assessor's office and find your home address and spread it all around the internet, that's doxing you. It is designed for to take publicly available information and weaponize it against you for harassment. And I, I, I've i seen mem- members of the media who are friends of mine, who are longtime friends of mine, who pray for, for my wife, who are saying, ah, you know what, this is worthwhile. They're supporting a bigot. They need to be exposed. How, how, do you, how do you do that? Listen, there are people who are listening to this program right now who are conservatives who are mad at me for questioning the president and thinking maybe the president shouldn't be stirring the pot. And there are conservatives who are listening to this program right now who are mad at me for daring to say that the people who believe differently from you in this country, they're not evil people. There may be individual bad apples out there, but if you and I can't acknowledge that there are people with different ideas about how to govern this country and they're not bad people, we just disagree with them, we can't have a civil society. And what scares me to death is that it seems like there are very few people like me out there right now who see the person on the other side and say, you know what, I disagree with them, but I don't think they're an evil person. In fact, I I dare say a lot of the people who are listening to this program right now are listening, thinking, what the heck is going on? Because you know the same people I do. And those people, they they don't want to interact with anyone on the other side. They think they're bad people. And we're ratcheting up and ratcheting up and ratcheting up. And we used to have presidents who would come out and you say, well, you know what? The other side's the opposition. They're not the enemy. Calm down. Let's figure out a way to get through this. Let's pray for each other. And we don't have that right. We do not have a president who is emotionally capable of doing that. But we don't have any Democrats who are emotionally capable of doing that either. And so both sides are ratcheting it up, ratcheting it up, ratcheting it up. How many more people have to get killed before both sides say, you know what, we got to take a step back and calm down. Nobody wants to take a step back and calm down right now. And there are implications for our society because of it. You know, I have to say I've gotten so cynical about the media and seeing number of people in the media defending Joaquin Castro, the congressman, um, outing the Trump. And y'all, I'm, I'm telling you, it hurts my—it genuinely does hurt my head. It, it raises my blood pressure so much to know that there are people out there right now listening to this program who think that it's totally okay— to weaponize campaign contribution disclosure reports against people. If if you don't like someone who gave money to Donald Trump, that it's perfectly okay for you to circulate their name and information uh, so that everyone else has knowledge. Well, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power, they say. But what is the power of knowledge? It is the power for you to do something You you acquire information and can act in some way. You can either refrain from using that person's business, a boycott, so you can act negatively against them, or, or you can go and support that business and act positively. You can shame them or you can applaud them. You act with certain knowledge because that knowledge gives you power to do something. And the left is outing Donald Trump donors. It is willfully and intentionally to ruin those donors. You are playing with fire if you do this and you're so angry and hate the president so much you don't care. And that's what's frustrating to me. You you are trying to destroy your fellow American because you hate the president so much. But when you light this fire, you can't stop it. And so when David Duke outs Jewish donors and their home addresses and their jobs, because it's publicly available information and he wants white supremacists to know who are the jews funding america because you know he's going to do it you can't put the fire out it comes at you as well progressives in the country right now really believe that that people on the right are crazy and angry and prone to violence and yet they want to start outing conservatives those angry Gun, gun-toting, gun conser- violent conservatives, they're going to do it to you. And you, you think there are so many of them, you're putting your own side in jeopardy. You're playing with fire here. And And y'all hate each other so much right now. We can't function as a society if you're not willing to agree to disagree. And right now, conservatives and progressives in this country increasingly, on social media, thank God, it's not representative of the country as a whole, but it leaks out from there and it makes it really difficult for the country to operate if you're not willing to extend to each other grace because right now we don't need mercy we need grace we need grace to disagree unfortunately the president doesn't have any unfortunately none of the major democrats out there do either this is not a uh, the, the president started it or the left started it. This is a both sides are engaged in it, and neither one is helpful right now. I mean, think about your kids. You're, people are ratcheting up the situation so much in this country. We are so busy fighting with each other that uh, look around. China is about to invade Hong Kong and kill the protesters. They, they've lined troops on the border. Russia is now sending ships through the the English Channel. I mean something wicked this way comes things are and, and we're fighting with each other. We're so distracted and hating our fellow American. And a lot of you who are conservatives you, you're missing a key point here. A lot of people in the suburbs who lean to the right are so angry with the president because this is something they're not used to. They're they're not used to having a president who always ratchets up and never releases pressure. They're not used to having a president who always punches back. They're not used to having a president who can't turn the other cheek. And they're not moving to the left. They're not they're not doing that. They're just going to sit home, and that's going to cost you Republicans. And there's a ton of data out there right now to show that, that Republicans actually are, even here in Georgia, losing the suburbs, and not just women, but men as well. Conservative, right-leaning, I should say. They're not really conservative, but they're, they're, they're center-right men and women who are college-educated in the suburbs who reliably vote Republican. They're tuning out of politics now. They're, they're done. They, they, they don't have a grown-up for president. They don't have a grown-up running against the president, and so they're done. And that means the suburbs become in play. And when you lose the suburbs, you lose the Second Amendment issue. You're going to get gun control. In Texas, majority of suburban voters who voted, who voted for Mitt Romney now support gun control because they're scared and they don't have a grown-up for president. And they believe they're going to have to do something because the president's not. Majority of suburban voters in Texas who voted for Mitt Romney right now no longer care about the life issue. Because they feel the nation's so divided, they're trying to find common ground. This doesn't end well for Republicans. And you, you've, got a, you've got a president who doesn't care at this point because he's angry and you're angry. And there's no strategy here. There really isn't. It's not chess moves. It's just the president reacting to the left and the left reacting to the president. And a lot of people who would otherwise be engaged in politics saying, you know what? A pox on both their houses. I'm staying home. And when the president only won by 70,000 votes in 2016. It doesn't help him for 2020 that he's doing that. Just want to do a quick timeout for thanking Quip for being a longtime sponsor of this program. A lot of you, you got kids like me headed back to school and well, maybe they're hijacked. Honest to goodness, I'm not sure how often our kid bathe during the summer. Our, our oldest now is just about every day, but the 10-year-old, uh, well, time to get him back into a good routine, and Quip is a great way to do it. If they're having difficulties getting, well, their teeth brushed on a regular basis, get them a Quip. Uh, you know, they, they've got a kid-sized version now, but even the adult version, it's fantastic. Long-time user, love it. My wife uses it, my daughter uses it. I guess I need to get the 10-year-old to start using it. Um, it just, it works. It's one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals. They've got thousands of five-star reviews, verified five-star reviews, no less. It's just a great toothbrush. It works. It's so well designed. It's only $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric right now, you get your first refill pack for free. So you get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Eric. And what is that refill pack? Well, every three months you get a new brush head. So your quip stays up to date and fresh. Go to getquip.com slash Eric right now and get this great deal. Hello there. Eric Erickson here. Franklin Cumming, let's go to you first tonight. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Thanks.
1: Uh, I've called in a few times before. I love what you do. I just wanted to kind of set the record straight here. Was there something the president said today that I missed in the news coverage while I was at work that, that was raising up the temperature or retaliating back? Because what I heard him say this morning, way to the helicopter, was that don't blame Elizabeth Warren, who the Daytona uh, shooter. Supported or Bernie Sanders, and and I think that was the right thing. Yeah,
0: to see, I I think that's the right thing too. I, I I think the problem is the the series of tweets over the last forty eight hours from the president attacking Democrats. Um, Uh, Particularly those in Elf Listen, I I, I dislike Beto O'Rourke greatly, um, and and I really dislike uh, Beto O'Rourke going out and yelling about the president, uh, particularly because he's trying to use it to run for president. Uh, At the same time, uh, I think that when you have a grieving community out there, uh, letting those people in that community grieve and vent, and that's what it is, um, helps take the pressure off. Just let them vent. Uh, And the president wants to push back on every single person screaming at him right now, and some of it needs to be pushed back on. But I think you got to do it in a different way. His his public statements, and this is the problem, the president's public statements have been fantastic. It's the tweets that, that the media focuses on now, and the president knows this. now listen i i have had my say here about my concerns with the president and and let me just put them in raw political terms for you uh there is growing data showing that suburban men and women who lean right who voted for Mitt romney against barack obama are they're not going to vote democrat they're just deciding to sit home and that's going to mess up Republican control of the legislature here, it's going to mess up Texas, it's going to mess up the president's re-election, and this is a real problem. And the issue here is they really feel like, when you get into the data, that there is a rat, constant ratcheting up and that both sides, the president and the Democrats, both are making it worse. And here's the thing. I, I think they're right. And I know many of you get defensive about the president, but I want to look at what the left is doing because there's so much, this is what, I mean, y'all, I, my blood pressure is high today. And it's because I'm seeing so many friends so emotionally invested in hating the president, they don't understand the dangerous games they're playing. And this is why If if I were the president of the White House political team, I would suddenly go super quiet because then the left can't accuse you. The president, just stay off Twitter, and the, the left and the media can't highlight your tweets as they are escalating to a dangerous situation on the left. I, I he, People keep asking me today uh, given because I've been very critical today. I, I, I think the president is trying to go out and he's meeting individually with families. He's not letting the the news media come with him. And you got a lot of people who are just attacking the president saying, well, you don't really mean it because look at all your, your angry tweets and look at your rallies and look at the other stuff. You say, you don't really mean it. Um, just let the president go behind closed doors and let the left keep attacking and exposing themselves for being the vehicles of intolerance and hate. I want to play you a couple of clips so that you understand why I'm voting for Donald Trump in 2020. In fact, I gave him more money last night, despite all of my concerns. And that's why I opened the show with my concerns about the president's side. Because you need to understand what's happening on the left. I I know there are a lot of people in my audience who love the president and routinely get mad at me for saying anything critical. I have always criticized my own side. I always want them to do better. But there are a lot of people who also listen to me and they're like, why are you, you vote, didn't vote for this guy in 2016. Why are you voting for him now? And I want to play you a couple of clips so that you understand why I'm supporting the president in 2020 and why I think those of you who are sitting on the fence saying, I just can't bring myself to support him, why you should support him too. And I want to play this from Meet the Press on Sunday, this exchange.
2: What does it mean to have a discourse in which people are dehumanized, where you use a phrase like illegal immigrant, where the phrase itself places that person outside of a certain kind of sense of empathy and decency? What happens? Otherizing. What happens when we use language like infestation, children? You use this, Governor. Children carrying perhaps disease across the border, what happens? You set the stage for people who are even more on the extreme to act violently. We are in a cold civil war. We are in a cold civil war. And there's some people who bear the burden of it, Chuck. There's some some of us who bear the burden. You could take it, you could not blame anyone other than Oswald. My parents had to worry about other folk because we grew up in Mississippi. You could, you had the luxury not to worry about the context but we had to live, we had to grow up in it. So here we have children, I'm, I'm sorry to go on and on. We have children in El Paso right now, right? Who, who've just witnessed their family members, their friends, shot down because somebody thinks there's a Hispanic inv- invasion of the country, which is almost the exact same language of the President of the United States. Governor, if you can't condemn that without making the equivalency move. Well, I'm not going to condemn people who use illegal immigrant terms. Of course, why me. not? No, in, in this, why break, not? I will let me let me speak. We have a seri- We have laws on the book against illegal immigration. If no, we get rid of those laws, why don't we just no human being? is illegal. with all due respect, that's let, not what we're talking. Re- we're not. That's not what we're talking about. He it's, just brought it's it not, up. That's
0: not the conversation <laughs> we're having. Yeah, actually, that is the conversation you're having. It, it, it is like three against one on this Meet the Press panel. If you are a white nationalist because you use the phrase illegal immigrant, we we can't have a conversation because that, that's a legitimate phrase. And what the left is doing is is defining anyone who cares about that issue is a, as a white nationalist. When even most law-abiding Hispanic voters in this country are opposed to illegal immigration, are they white nationalists too? Let me play this exchange between Willie Geist, who, who's just... All of you should be applauding Willie Geist uh, for his encounter with Joaquin Castro, the Democratic member of Congress. His brother, Julian Castro, is running for, for president. He listed... President Trump's donors in his district in San Antonio who gave to the president and their employers and targeted business owners in his district who supported the president. Listen to this exchange.
1: Congressman, as you look at this list, I know you said you didn't put their addresses out there. It's easy to find them. These people undoubtedly are already being harassed online or perhaps uh, face-to-face in some cases. They could be. What do you say to those people this morning who said, I made a campaign donation and now I'm going to be harassed. I'm going to have people protesting outside my business or perhaps even my home. What do you say to them? Do you want them to repent for their support for Donald Trump or what do you want from them? Well, the first thing is that I don't want anybody harassed or targeted. But they will be because you put their names on in public. Look, that that was not my intention. But that's these things happen. are these things are public. No, what I would like for them to do is think twice about supporting a guy who is fueling hate in this country. And do you agree, I mean, do you agree in in this, Congressman, do you agree that in this culture, and believe me, I'm making no equivalency to what Donald Trump's doing, we're on the record on this show, three hours a morning about the ads that they're putting up about the rhetoric he uses. But if you agree that rhetoric can lead to incitement, even if it just triggers one person to do something terrible, does it give you any pause about putting these people's names out in public? Well, Willie, they're already public. They're already out there. There are 11 retirees and and one homemaker who are not public. Right, And this was already circulating. I shared it, so I didn't create the graphic.
0: His, His campaign account created the graphic. And he shared it. If he's, if he's walking it back trying to apologize, why do it in the first place? And, and listen to the person the background saying it's public information. Y'all, uh, let me just ask you. Those of you who are listening right now, who are on the left, and I know you're listening. Would you like me to go to the Fulton County Tax Assessor's Office and give you a shout out by by listing your name your employer and your home address because that's public information do you you want to call in and say you disagree it's public information and then give all of this listing audience your home information so they know where you are no no you you don't want to do that you don't want to do that because there are crazy people out there and the fact that you want to target people who support donald trump and you've decided they're all bigots for supporting donald trump that makes you the terrible person, not them. There are legitimate reasons to support the president versus Hillary Clinton. There are legitimate reasons to support him in 2020 versus the Democrats. And the fact that you can't see that you, you're, you've are you been poisoned so much. It, it, that's on you. It's not on these people. They, they don't deserve your scorn. They don't deserve your shame. There's a big story blowing up right now while I'm talking to you. Um, one of the investors in SoulCycle. And Equinox Gyms is throwing a fundraiser for Donald Trump. And progressive activists and Hollywood actresses and Michael Moore, they're all demanding that people now boycott Equinox and SoulCycle. The guy's not an active member of management. He just happens to be an early investor. And so now they want to shut down this business because of the president. See, that's why I think right now, if the president just consoles the families of the dead, stays off Twitter, doesn't do anything. Let the left overplay their hand. And, and these suburban folks who they're tired of the president, they don't like him. They're going to see what the left is really like. We're, we're seeing the left expose themselves. As much as they think Donald Trump is an intolerant bigot, they have become intolerant bigots. It has become religious to them. It is about burning the heretics. And the heretics are the people who vote Republican. And politics in this country should not be a religious thing and they've taken it too far now they are taking it too far i feel like right now honestly y'all and i know i'm running long i'm, I'm sorry let me just make this point now I'll, I'll go to commercial break i feel like right now we're all hostages and we're just deciding who's going to be our hostage hostage taker the president or, or one of these democrats as opposed to just finding someone to say you know what everybody calm down no we're in a hostage situation and we're just arguing over who's going to be the ones keeping us hostage look I I, maybe I I don't know I feel like I should apologize to you guys I'm I'm just I'm talking through what I'm thinking right now I I, it it just I, I try to be an optimist and I'm so pessimistic right now looking at I mean sane rational people just willing to destroy the lives of other people because they support the president. And I look at Republicans who their only response at this point to everything happening is just throw, punch harder. And I know people like the president because you say he, he punches back, he fights, he he doesn't, he didn't just take the hit. And I, I'm worried about the suburbs and the, the implications of, of losing the Supreme Court for a generation and A Republican Party that doesn't seem like it has a plan, it's just acting on gut, and that bothers me. We need to do something. We need to get into Georgia politics when we come back because Stacey Abrams is going to try to take the suburbs for the Democrats. Good evening. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's evening news on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I, I, I'm moving on from my disappointment in humanity uh, in the United States and, and how we're watching the crack up of, of our great union. Uh, I want to actually get into Georgia and the Democrats' desperate bid To take back our legislature and and I want to put some, some caveats here and, and some cautions. Um, I genuinely think that the Democrats can't take the legislature back unless they're really able to amplify, uh, concerns about Republicans unless they're really able to capitalize on Republican scandals. That's why I worry so much about the Speaker situation, David Ralston's situation. uh, Because essentially, here's what you need to understand. Republicans in Georgia are predominant over Democrats. The only way Democrats have an advantage in Georgia is if republicans get so fed up they stay home now there's some polling out there i want to get into but first let's let's take the lay of the land with the democrats right now uh the democrats want to pick up 16 seats to win in 2020 uh the state house and Stacey abrams is deploying a host of groups. To help them. They're doing a lot of door knocking. They're doing a lot of targeting. In particular, they're targeting Republican women who don't like the president, which is an ever-growing number in the polls. But they have a problem. And you're going to hear a lot of the national media downplay this. Uh, Thankfully, the AJC actually has some good analysis on here on, on how difficult it's going to be. But before you understand that, you need to understand how Stacey Abrams was able to get close to Brian Kemp in 2018. Because Stacey Abrams getting close to Brian Kimba twenty eighteen, particularly through the suburbs, is what pushed a lot of Democrats to take Republican seats. And the way it happened is is really simple to understand. You hear all of the mythology, I shouldn't say it's mythology, that's not fair. Um there there's some truth to it. Uh, that that there were some Republicans white, educated, Republican-leaning voters are becoming Democrats because of President Trump. That actually is true. And don't tell me well, my neighbors are rich and educated and white, and they're not turning the Democrat because they love President Trump. I don't care about your stupid anecdote. I care about the data, and the data shows nationwide that uh, the more educated you are, if you're white. Uh, the more likely you are, even if you've been a longtime Republican, to be you're trending Democrat and you're doing so not because you reject the party's values, you reject Donald Trump and, and you are reacting uh, to Donald Trump. And that is a problem for the Republicans and they do need to deal with it. It's going to hurt them huge in Texas. But that's not the whole story. There's something bigger that happened in 2018 then the republican suburbs turning democrat or staying home there's something bigger so what the, the real thing that happened is that republicans turned out as if there was a midterm and democrats turned out as if there was a presidential election now what do you mean by that well you know i'm, I'm doing this on the fly um so if i'm wrong i i will be exposed exposing myself right here with you uh, on radio, let's go. Da, 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 da. Um, I'm getting the yes. Uh, 2014 election voter files, election results. Here we go. Want to make sure I have all of this. Uh, okay, so here we go. Um, what was the? We got the general election, and we got the general election. Okay, so the democrat the turnout. Uh, In 2018, Stacey Abrams got uh, 1.9 million votes. Brian Kemp got 1.9 million votes. Brian Kemp got 1.978 million votes. Stacey Abrams got 1.923 million votes. Let's go to uh, November. Look what happened. Uh, Hillary Clinton got 1.8 million votes. Donald Trump got 2.08 million votes. 5145. So 4,092,373 people turned out uh, for president in 2016 and 3,939,328 turned out in the 2018 election. Now, what is that? Well, of course, because it's a, it's a general election or it's, it's a midterm election and in midterm elections, the turnout is less than the midterm election or than the general election yeah but look at the actual numbers democrats turned out at almost the same percentage in 2016 as they did in 2018 and republicans did not republicans turned out at midterm levels. In other words, Democrats treated 2018 as if it was a presidential election cycle, and they turned out the numbers that they tend to turn out in presidential election cycles for a midterm. Republicans treated 2018 as if it was a midterm, which it was, and they turned out at midterm levels, not presidential levels. As a result, in the suburbs where you have this big Democratic turnout, they were able to take a number of Republican state legislative seats. Now, what are the implications for this? Well, follow along with me here. They picked up a number of seats and they picked them up and they were very, very close. Take, for example, um, the Sam Teasley seat, uh, State House District 37. That's Cobb County. Sam Teasley got 49.6 percent of the vote. Uh, Mary Frances Williams got 50.4 percent of the vote. Yeah, very, very close. Now, that seat had been trending Democrat, so that's one probably they can keep in 2020. But then look at this seat. Uh, this is Betty Price's seat, uh, State House District 48 in Roswell. Mary Robichaux, the Democrat, beat Betty Price, 50.3, to Betty Price, 49.7. How did the president do here? It was 48 to 45, Trump-Clinton in 2016. So if the Republicans turn out at a presidential level and Democrats turn out at a presidential level, uh, the Republicans should probably be able to take that seat back. Look at State House District 51. Uh, Alex Kaufman versus Josh McLaurin in uh, 2018. McLaurin beat Kaufman 51 to 48. Hillary Clinton beat that one picked up that one 50 to 45 in 2016. So the Democrats should be able to keep that. So they, they can probably keep two there. What about uh this one? Uh, Beth Moore versus Scott Hilton. Uh Beth Moore got 51, Scott Hilton got 48. Hillary Clinton got 45% in that, 49% Donald Trump 45. So the Democrats maybe they can keep that one. But what about this one? State House District 50. Uh uh Angelica Kosh, I don't want to mispronounce her name, I'm sorry. She won by 50%. Kelly Stewart got 49% of the vote, but Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton in that district. So that's a district Democrats are going to have to pour resources into hold. Uh, On and on it goes in the metro area where you find some of these districts where they were very, very close. But But then you get down towards Bob Trammell. Bob Trammell is outside of Atlanta. He won at 52% versus leonard gomez 47 percent but donald trump won that district by three points from hillary clinton in 2016 that's going to be one that's going to be seriously contested and we're seeing this around the state that democrats have to get 16 seats to take the house and they have to do it when republicans turn out in larger number than democrats because it's a presidential election And they have to do it while holding on to seats where Donald Trump won in 2016 and the Democrat House member won in 2018 when they didn't have a Republican presidential turnout level and they won by less than 2% of the vote. So the Democrats have to pick up 16 seats, but there are also about four other seats where they're going to have to pour resources in just to keep them in areas that actually are Republican And the Republicans, meanwhile, can fight the Democrats in four or five seats that are very, very, very close. And depending on the candidate, they may have a shot. So the odds are actually against the Democrats being able to pick up the House and the Senate in Georgia this year, despite a lot of national media hype. Notice the local media, very much like Stacey Abrams, it's, it's not the local media that is being the super champion of the Democrats here. It's the national media. And all the national media stories are that, oh, oh, the Democrats have a really good shot at taking back the Georgia House and the Senate. And now, oh, oh, Stacey Abrams is coming in to help them do this. And the reality is it's actually going to be very tough for them to do. And they're going to have to spend a lot of resources to do it. And you're going to have David Perdue and Donald Trump on the ballot actually doing an, a ground game in the suburbs that Republicans did not do in 2018. So, again, the odds are difficult for the Democrats. What they have to do is they've got to make Republican voters in the suburbs turn off for the president. They've got to amplify the president. They've, they've got to exaggerate the president. But they have to downplay their own crazy, and that's becoming very hard for Democrats to do. Just want to do a quick timeout for thanking Quip for being a longtime sponsor of this program. A lot of you, you got kids like me headed back to school, and well, maybe they're hij- I Honest to goodness, I'm not sure how often our kid bathed during the summer. Our, our oldest now is just about every day, but the 10-year-old, uh, well, time to get them back into a good routine and Quip is a great way to do it if they're having difficulties getting, well, their teeth brushed on a regular basis. Get them a Quip. Uh, you know, they, they've got a kid-sized version now, but even the adult version, it's fantastic. Long-time user, love it. My wife uses it, my daughter uses it. I guess I need to get the 10-year-old to start using it. Um, it just, it works. It's one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals. They've got thousands of five-star reviews, verified five-star reviews, no less. It's just a great toothbrush. Brush It works. It's so well designed. It's only $25. If you go to getquip.com Eric right now, you get your first refill pack for free. So you get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Eric. And what is that refill pack? Well, every three months you get a new brush head. So your quip stays up to date and fresh. Go to getquip.com slash Eric right now and get this great deal. The phone number here is 404-872-0750-1800, WSB Talk. Um, I will continue talking politics and, and whatnot. There actually is a bunch of other stuff I want to talk about this evening, but uh, I'm getting some questions, and, and I know the way this works. Sometimes you're here, sometimes you're not. Let me let me address the rumor. Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm going to be doing a 9 to noon show. No, I'm not leaving WSB. And no, I'm not doing nine to noon on WSB. That's Eric Von Hessler's slot. We, we got another Eric there. I'll still be doing the show. I will still be here uh, live and local four to six now, not five to seven, four to six on WSB. But I really, I, I just, I've been wanting to do more in radio and I've been wanting to do a show about georgia politics and in georgia for national news from a georgia perspective and so on monday i'm going to be doing two radio shows pray for me five hours a day uh three hours nine to noon on uh ten to noon on wgau will be our flagship they'll carry the second and third hour three three hours statewide and then be back here from four to six every day that's what's going on if you're hearing the rumor Hey, hello there. It is Eric Erikson here, and the phone number is 404 872 750 800 wsb Talk. Are your kids back in school? Mine start tomorrow. It is the most wonderful time of the year, is it not? <laughs> no, I actually feel bad. You know, normally we're we're ready to get the kids into school, and in the last two years we, we changed school. And everybody's dealing with it. the The summer seems compressed. It feels like we just got out. You got all of June, you got all of July, and then suddenly you go back. and And I want the three month summer vacation. I actually do want the three month summer vacation. And I realize why they do it, and and they're afraid of memory retention and and pushing kids and and it just. But it kind of sucks, if I'm honest about it. I actually like my kids i like spending time with my kids i like although it, it sometimes gets annoying i mean those in the office know i'm i make sure to be in the office regularly every every week because i just i gotta have a break every once in a while and be able to focus and get stuff done but i love my kids and i i'm kind of sad that summer's over just because having them in the house during the summer it's it's fun we do fun stuff together and it's kind of it frustrates me that Uh, School systems are cutting summer vacation out. And the other frustrating thing is the way it's all compressed now as well. Everybody shows up and we're all at Disney World. Not that we went to Disney World together this year, but I mean, everybody's together, um, piled on top of each other everywhere you go during the summer. It's just, it's sad. Scott in Woodstock, that is not what you wanted to call and talk about, but I want to get you on the phone here. Welcome. Hey, thanks for being a great dad, Eric.
1: I appreciate that. Sure. Thank you. Uh, Two comments. One, with all the money they spent with Ossoff and Abrams and the ground game that they put together, do you feel like they could have maxed out their potential? Um, And the follow-up is both of those candidates played very, very in the middle. And I think listening to both of the the debates that it's going to be very hard for a uh, liberal Democrat in Georgia to ride the middle when I don't see how these candidates uh, for president are going to be able to come back from how far left. Yeah, I I, I think Uh, that's a good point.
0: I I do, Scott, think that's a good point. Thank you for that. Um, Look, yes, I think that we are in a situation where we've kind of maximized the Democrats value in the state as far as their liberal politics go. And the result is that. Um, They are going to have a very hard time drifting back to the center. I told David Perdue the other day on stage at the resurgent gathering that uh, the Democrats are all piling so far up over on the left-hand side of the debate stage that they're going to tip it over like Guam. And I think that we're going to see that happen for the Georgia Democrats, for whoever the Democrat is who runs against David Perdue. We're also going to see this happen, I think, uh, nationally, uh, with the possible exception of Joe Biden. Um, The reason that I, I, I say Joe Biden is an exception is because... Everybody knows him already, and because everybody knows Joe Biden already, it doesn't matter really what Joe Biden does. This is part of the problem the president has as well with some of the suburban voters who they think they know him already, and because they think they know the president already, uh, there's not a whole lot the president can do to change their minds about uh politics and his views and his positions and in fact there's some deep polling i didn't well, I, I, well you know what let me use you just kind of as a jumping off point for some polling by mark penn mark penn is the democratic uh, pollster who has worked a lot with hillary clinton and worked a lot with james carville and he's got some very detailed polling out right now on what the Democrats are looking at and what the Republicans are looking at. And interestingly enough, what it shows is there are a lot of suburban Republican voters here, Republican voters who have so internalized their hate for the president. It doesn't matter what the president does. As long as he's there, a lot of these, uh, Democrat voters, are i'm sorry a lot of these republican voters are going to not vote for the president they won't vote democrat pay attention to that that's important they won't vote democrat but they won't vote for uh, president trump either they've so internalized their hate for him uh, they're just going to sit it out and wait for years but but what about persuadable voters there are still pools of persuadable voters out there and what about those people? Well, so what does the Democratic polling show about independent, persuadable voters? And i got to be careful here because a lot of independent voters are actually the Republicans who they don't like President Trump. So they don't call themselves Republicans anymore. And, and I, I think that's relevant to the discussion. But what about persuadable voters? Persuadable voters who sometimes vote Democrat, sometimes vote Republican, who are on the fence about 2020. Let me tell you what issues captivate them. They are more likely to vote for a person who supports gun rights than opposes gun rights. They are more likely to vote for a person who supports life issues than opposes life issues. They are more likely to vote for a person who is a strong proponent of religious liberty than who opposes religious liberty protection. They are more likely to vote for a person who supports the private sector and free markets than opposes it they are more likely to vote for a person who will let them keep their current insurance plan than will take it away. They are more likely to vote for a person who supports strong protections against illegal immigration than will take it away, or than will be weak on immigration. I mean, those all line up for the Republicans. And to the extent that I think the president really needs to to get on track with with messaging and whatnot— I really think the president of the United States needs to consider that he is uh, out of focus right now. He's he's running on his gut and that helped him. And so the president thinks that's going to help him this time. But I think the Republicans need a little more focus coming into 2020. But can I tell you something else? Take take everything I said in my first hour. Take everything I said in this hour. And let me just tell you something else. It is August 7th, 2019. We're more than a year from the presidential race. The Democrats have time to find a candidate and a message that works. And so do the Republicans. The president has time to fix the issues that have plagued him with suburban women and suburban white educated men. He does. Across the board, they all do. And because they all do... I think that the president has a real opportunity to shine moving forward, but he's got to exercise some discipline. It's one thing to run against Hillary Clinton. It's something else to run against a guy like Joe Biden, who everyone already knows and many people aren't threatened by, and it's going to be real hard to define Joe Biden. And as a result, what worked against Hillary Clinton is not going to work against Joe Biden. And the Republicans need to think about that. But there is absolutely a path forward for the president. If you don't believe me, consider this fact. President Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, on this date, August 7th in the year of our Lord, 2019, has the exact same polling that Barack Obama had on August 7th, 2011. Exactly exactly. The, the same amount of months between now and election day. Their polling is identical. And Barack Obama won in 2012. There's no reason Donald Trump can't win in 2020. There are just some things they need to tweak and focus on and get the president to focus on. But the Democrats have time too. Well, out of time, bad clock management on my part. Talk to you guys tomorrow.